Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. I pray all is going well with your soul. And I pray that today you expect to hear from God, expect to be touched in your own special way, because God knows the needs and the desires of your heart. Amen. So as we prepare for this message, let us also uh, spend a few moments in praise and worship as we listen to this wonderful song, On Holy Ground, by Don Moen. Praise the living God. Beyond measure, and that gives me peace of mind can still be found. And if you have a need, I know.
Praise God. Praise God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord God, we pray that you be here with us today. Let your Holy Spirit be present. Lord Jesus, walk amongst us, O oh Lord, that we may reach out and touch the very hem of your garment. We pray in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord God, that you'll speak to us in your own special way in the name of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father God, I give this time and this space entirely over to you, so take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise. Let there be a special anointing here in this place today, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise the living God. Praise God. We've all um, we've all heard the expression, uh, seeing is believing. Amen. We've all heard that before, seeing is believing. And uh, um, I believe the originator of that expression is definitely in the Bible. And if you think a little bit, you will probably know uh, where I'm coming from, but uh, let's see what the Word of God says, and let's go to John, the book of John, chapter 20, amen, seeing is believing, that's an expression that has found its way into our lives, and uh, I've heard it mentioned even concerning uh, sports scores, when you say team so-and-so is going to beat team so-and-so, and they'll say, yeah, well, okay, seeing is believing, seeing is believing, so let's see where that possibly got its origins from John chapter 20 starting with verse number 24 but Thomas one of the twelve called Didymus was not with them when Jesus came the other disciples therefore said unto him we have seen the Lord but he said unto them except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and I put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side I will not believe. Reading that again. Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. Be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. Reading verse number 29 again, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. You see? So here doubting Thomas, as he became known as, um, he said that he shall not believe unless he can touch Jesus and put his hand into his printer and into his side and so on. He says, unless I see that and can touch it with my hands, I will not believe. All right. And Jesus said to him, though, after he touched him and so forth, and then he called him Lord, Thomas said, Lord, my Lord, my God. Jesus said, Thomas, because you have seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed and yet have believed. Okay. So Jesus is saying there that blessed are they that believe without seeing. So today's message is the title of today's message is believe and then you'll see. Believe, and then you'll see. 
You see, we Christians have a habit of going through life, even without thinking about it sometimes, living our lives very similar to Doubting Thomas. You know, if I can see the evidence of God, if I can see what God is doing in my life, then I shall believe. Okay? But Jesus said, blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Okay? So instead of us Christians saying, um, seeing is believing, we should be saying believing is indeed seeing. You know, B- believing, believing saints of God comes before seeing. For God, for God to be able to accomplish this, uh, he wants to accomplish in your life, you've got to believe before you can see it. Alright? Believing comes before seeing. If we go to Matthew, go to the book of Matthew, chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, Matthew chapter 17, starting with verse number 14, Matthew 17, verse number 14, and it says, And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, kneeling, bowing, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. For he is lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And brought him, and I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the, then came the disciples to Jesus and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. Please underline that. Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove thence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. Amen. So in verse number 20, it says that when they asked him, how come we couldn't do it? You, you know, you know, he says, uh, uh, they came to the disciples of Jesus and said, why could not we cast him out? Jesus said, because of your unbelief. You see, so it starts everything with us as Christians. It starts with first us believing. Okay. We have to believe before we can actually see things happening. All right. Jesus was frustrated because he wonders how long will it take? Before we take him at his at his word, you know. Sometimes I feel like that's true for us today. You know, he wondered with the disciples, yeah, how long shall shall you know you be like this? I think sometimes he feels the same way about us. You know, how long will it be before we take him at his word and have from some faith and believe? You know, if you will exercise biblical faith and take God at his word and act in light of what he says, then you'll see more. Okay, not the other way around. You know, not that we're waiting to see proof. Okay, take God at his word and act in faith. And then you will begin to see things uh, unfolding in your life. You know, I've always said, and you've probably heard me say many times, the reason that we Christians don't see more miracles is because we don't believe in miracles. All right. Okay. The The reason that we don't see more miracles is because we don't believe in miracles. If you're waiting to see it, Before you believe it, you may be waiting for a long time, saints of God. You may be waiting a long time, all right? But if you will believe it first and act in accord with God's word or what he is saying specifically to you, you will begin to see some things that could possibly blow your mind, 
Amen. Could possibly blow your mind. You know, in fact, Jesus said that you can speak to the mountain and it will be removed. The mountain is anything in your life that seems to be impossible for you. You know, could be finances. It could be a health situation. Could be family issues. Someone in your family not saved and you're praying and hoping that they will be saved. You know, anything that seems impossible could be that particular mountain. You know, whatever in life is too tough for you could be that mountain. But whatever that thing is, it will be taken care of if you will speak to your problem. That is, if you can believe it. Okay, so before you can go saying to quote, you know, speak to this mountain and say to this mountain to be removed, you have to first believe that when you say it, it's going to be done. Okay, that that mountain will be removed. So the same thing on a more personal uh, level in real time language, you know, you got that financial problem. And if you say that my bank account will abound or I'll be able to pay that bill and you believe it, okay, then you will see that bill being paid then you will see the thing that you are speaking to actually come to pass. You see? You see? So, so we have to start putting our belief before our sight so that our sight will reflect our belief. Let me say that again. We have to, to put our, 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 our belief before our sight, before us seeing it, so that our sight will indeed reflect exactly what you're believing. Okay, so let's start putting our belief before our sight so we can start seeing what we are believing for. Okay, you go to Hebrews uh, 11, 1, 1. The book of Hebrews, Hebrews 11. Praise the living God. God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Hebrews 11. We've been here many times before and the verse simply says, Now faith. 11.1, Hebrews 11.1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, okay? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, okay? So there again is putting the faith first, okay? The faith is the substance, it's what, it's, it's, it's what the things that we are hoping for, and it's the evidence of things that we have not seen yet, all right? So the faith comes first, and that now faith is talking about now, not tomorrow, not next week, you know, you have something going on in your life right now, so you start having that faith now. Don't start saying, I'll believe in that, I'll believe for that next week. You know, and it doesn't work that way. You have to start having that faith right now. See, you know, sometimes, you know, we could be blocking our own blessings. That's possible, too, that we can actually block our blessings. Well, you say, well, how could I block my own blessings? You know, what I mean, I want blessings in my life. How could I be blocking it? Well, let's let's see what the, the word of God has to say about that. Let's go to the uh, book of John. John, chapter 11. Okay. We're going to read about good old Lazarus here, okay? But let's look at Lazarus here through a, a, a different perspective, you know, with a, a fresh set of eyes and as Holy Spirit reveals unto us what is going on here. So, so starting with John chapter 11, verse number 1. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and, Mar Mary and his sister Martha. And it was that Mary which appointed the Lord with ointment, that anointed the Lord with ointment, and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, 
Underline, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Underline that too, please. But for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Okay, so he stayed. He was told what was happening with Lazarus, but he stayed for two days more. Then, after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone, sought to, sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? In other words, Master, when you went there last time, they tried to kill you. Are you going to go there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbles not, because he has seen the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbles, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend, friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. If he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of, taking of rest in sleep. See, they weren't understanding where Jesus was coming from. Then said Jesus unto, unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Okay, maybe you'll understand that. Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Let's read that again. But I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. So Jesus is saying, I'm glad that I wasn't there now for the purposes and the intention that you believe. In other words, Jesus was basically saying to them, you know, I'm glad I wasn't there because what you wind up seeing, what's going to happen. If I was there, you wouldn't believe what's about to happen, basically. 16, verse 16. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. See, there he is. Being, there they are right away confessing negativity. Jesus said, let's go there. Jesus had no intent of dying, but yet still they're saying in verse 16, um, unto Thomas anyway, let us also go that we may die with him. Then Jesus came. He found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Underline four days. He had lain in the grave four days already. Now, Bethany was nearer to Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs, that's approximately two miles. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. In other words, she's kind of saying, Jesus, you took so long, you know, to get here. If you had been here, my brother not my brother would not have died. Verse 22. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. Okay, so now she's showing some faith there. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. See, she's misunderstanding Jesus also. Okay, I know that he will rise again in the last uh, in the last day in the resurrection. Okay, 25. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, underline he that believeth in me. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, 
yet shall he live. And and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Underline, please. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. You know. As a matter of fact, ask yourself, do you believe what Jesus said in verse 25? Verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he, he live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe that? Amen. Ask yourself that. You know, is that just a theoretical statement or, or I, sh- I should say, is, is that some religious statement? Do you really, really believe that in your heart? Verse 27 goes on to say, she saith unto him, yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had said so, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly saying, the master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly. And came unto him. She arose quickly and came unto him. Now she didn't make Jesus wait, by the way, if you notice there. Okay, okay. She said before, the master has come and calls for thee. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. How many times has Jesus called unto you to do something? How many times has God looked to you or called unto you? He gave you some direction for something that you needed to do. Did you keep God waiting? Did you keep Jesus waiting? Did you keep Holy Spirit waiting as God was calling you for a purpose? You know, we need to think about that in our lives also. When God gives us some direction and calls upon us to act, we need to act swiftly, not put it off until the next week, you know, or the next month. Amen. Verse number 30. Now, Jesus was not yet coming to the town and was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house and comforted her when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Okay, again, more negativity. She goes to the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. Okay, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She's saying again. You know, you know, but Jesus always knows what's going on. Jesus knows what timing is all about. God is always, God's timing is always perfect. You know, 33. When Jesus therefore saw her, saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. He really loved Lazarus. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should have not died? Again, everyone is saying Jesus arrived so late. You know, if he had gotten here sooner, Lazarus would not have died. They still don't understand God's plan in this purpose. They don't understand where Jesus is coming from and what he's about to do. Verse 38. Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, coming to the grave. And it was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Okay? Now listen to this. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he has been dead for four days. Please underline this. By this time he stinks, for he has been dead for four days. 
Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee, unto thee, that if thou would believe, you would see the glory of God? Underline that, please. If thou would believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Didn't I say that to you? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Please in the line, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he, thus, when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. Set him free. Amen. Set him free. Amen. Then it goes on to say here, it goes on to say in verse number 45, that many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. Underline, believed on him. See, but they had to see before they believed him. Okay. They had to see with their eyes before they believed him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away, take away both our place and nation. Okay, they're still concerned about themselves, not about what, what is it that God had really done here. 49. And one of them, named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, You know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. And this spoke he, of, he not of himself, but being a high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for the nation. And not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Then from that day forth, they took counsel together for to put him to death. This is where they started to, to, to scheme, to put him to death. Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews and went thence into a country near to the wilderness unto a city called Ephraim, where they continued as disciples. And the Jews' Passover was nigh at hand, and many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover, and so on. Okay, so we see here now, Going back to, to where this started with this particular, these events here. Jesus had told Martha, I'm sorry, Martha, Jesus had told Martha that her brother would be raised, but she went scientific, quote unquote, on Jesus, so to speak, okay? Okay, Jesus told Martha her brother would be raised from the dead, okay? But then all of a sudden, she went scientific on Jesus by telling him that the body was in the tomb for four days and now stinks, okay? In her mind, in her, in her mind, using her, her logic, she figured out that no way Lazarus could be raised, you know? By her experience, you know, in life and seeing people die before and everything, that once a person was in a grave or locked away for so many days, the body started decomposing, she knew that, and would start rotting and therefore it would be smelling, okay? So, so Jesus said that he was going to be raised. She would see him again, but now she went all of a sudden decided to go logical, okay? But Lord, you know, he, he, by this time he, he stinks, you know? But then, but then Jesus gave her a direction. He said, if you believe, you would see it. Okay? 
if you believe, you will see. So go and remove the stone. So what she was saying to her, regardless of what you think the case might be, that the body stinks, it's been four days that have gone by. She said, he said, go and remove the stone. Okay. And then if you believe that your brother's alive, then you will see. Jesus didn't ask her opinion or advice. He simply gave her direction. He told her what to do. Jesus, in essence, said, you will not see behind the stone until you remove the stone. All right. Your brother's in there and he's alive, okay, but you won't see what's going on. You won't see the reality until you remove the stone. So, therefore, you cannot see. But you have to believe before you can see it. You 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 see, true faith acts as though God is correct, even though we haven't seen the results yet. Therefore, believing, then seeing. All right? You have to believe that what, she had to believe that what Jesus was saying was true. That he had had come back to life, but the stone was still blocking the way, so she could not see it. Yeah, but she needed to believe it. All right. All right. So, so the fact is that, that 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 we have to realize and believe deep in our spirits, in our hearts, that that God is correct, God is right, God is doing the right things for my life, even though we have not yet seen the results. So, therefore, we need to believe before we can see, not seeing before we believe. We have to believe before we can actually see all right many times god will tell us he will tell us to remove an obstacle so that we can see our miracle but that quote unquote that stone that obstacle god is telling us to remove gets in the way you see many times god will tell us to to stop doing something to to do this or to do that you know but we can't see the result yet you see and because we don't see the result and we can't figure out our logic gets in the way Gee, it's been four days, Jesus, and that body therefore stinks. God tells us to do something, and our logic gets in the way. But, Lord, how could that happen? The bank said this. How could that happen? The IRS said this. How could that happen? The doctor said this. You see, you see, but you can't see beyond the stone because your belief is stopping you from doing what God may be telling you to do. So, therefore, the stone, our lack of faith, our unbelief, it keeps it, it stays in the way from us seeing what God has in store for us. You know, Martha could not see behind the stone to see the miracle. So she just assumed that the situation was dire. Just assumed that the situation was really bad, that he was still dead because she could not see behind the stone. See, right? because of education, logic, sophistication and our own stubbornness sometimes. We could be blocking God's miracle for us. All right? So don't start rationalizing and philosophizing and thinking about how, how what this thing is that you're praying for and that you're hoping for when God is telling you to do something. You, you know, don't wait to see it before you actually believe it and carry out what God is telling you to do. You know? Try believing and understanding that if God said this, to do this, or God said this is going to happen, that I'm going to look beyond the stone. Okay, and I'm not going to wait to see something. I'm going to believe that what God said is true. And therefore, you step out in faith and you actually do that. You see, don't let your logic and your intellect get in the way of blocking us. You know, you know, saints of God, that is so much what, what is so wrong today. We have, a, we have dozens of people, you know, in certain places that, that are trying to decide where we need to go, where the country needs to go, etc. And they think it's logical or they're on to this new thing where if you're not woke, you're not this and you're not that. You know, you, you know but, but we need to believe, believe that God is in control. 
We need to believe that God is indeed marching us through this thing that we call life while we're here on planet Earth. You see? And we can't go waiting for to, to see things calm down. We can't wait to see what's going to happen with coronavirus. We have to believe before we actually see it. Believe that God is in charge. Believe that God is the bomb. Oh my, Jesus is, is the bomb of Gilead with healing in his wings. Amen? Amen? So knowing that, we have to hold on to faith that God is in charge, that Lord Jesus will heal this situation. You see? But we have to believe that before we can actually see it. Sometimes we have trouble believing and exercising the faith, you know, even though we may want to do that, want to exercise the faith, faith, you know. Many people these days don't believe in miracles, you know, and, and much less believe that miracles can be in their particular lives. Many people don't. They don't believe that miracles exist, you know. Even when miracles do exist, sometimes they will try to explain it away with some sort of scientific claptrap, you know, to explain why a miracle was a miracle, you know. But many people don't believe them, you know. And even worse, saints of God, is that there are many Christians, I'm sorry to say, many Christians that do not believe that they could perform miracles or have miracles in their lives, you know. You know, you know, but this is counter. This is not what Jesus says to us. You know, and the reason more more people can't do or don't see miracles is simply because they don't believe. They don't believe. Okay, but but look look what happens when God gets hold of you. You know, let's go to John John fourteen. You know, they don't believe that miracles can exist in their lives or that even that they can do miracles. I mean, you know, to think that, that you as a child of God could, could be a miracle, I don't care how long you've been walking with the Lord, most Christians simply don't even think about that and don't believe it, you know, that they themselves could do a miracle. But John 14, I'm just going to read verse number 12. You know, you know let's do verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the very for the very work's sake. Verse twelve. Verily, verily. Underline verily, verily. Remember, remember, I said to you that whenever you see the words verily, verily, or the word verily, that, that means like that means hold on to your hat because here comes the dynamite truth. Here comes some profound truth, profound words of wisdom. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do. Shall he do also? Underline, please. He that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. Okay? Now that's a powerful statement. How many Christians realize that Jesus actually said that? Verily, verily. In other words, here comes the truth. I say to you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. All right. So that's even saying that 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 that, uh, that Jesus said that Jesus going to the Father, Jesus when he left, he gave us the Comforter, he gave us the Holy Spirit. So it, with, with the name of Jesus, which is the name above all names, every knee shall bow at the name of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit that's in us, with belief that we are who we are, and that Jesus is indeed who he who he is, that you can perform a miracle, saint of God. You can actually do the miracle. Jesus said that we can do what he does and even greater works than these shall we do. Amen? Amen? But how many Christians believe that? Okay? So we have to believe things like that before we can see it. If you want to see a miracle happen in your life, then try believing that, according to this, that you can do that miracle. Amen? This may be the laying on of hands for someone that's sick. It may be even something greater than that. You know? 
We don't tempt or try the Holy Spirit, but just believing in your heart that if you needed to perform that miracle, something that, you, that God would be calling you to do, you can indeed do it. Okay, but you got to believe it before you can actually see it. You know, Saul certainly had a change of behavior. Let's go to the book of Acts, Acts uh, 7, Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, and we want to start with verse number 17. Now, this was after um, Saul had the encounter with Jesus while on the horse, and uh, he was blinded. Remember, Jesus said, why do you persecute me? And he fell off the horse and was blinded. Okay, and then uh, the, the Lord gave him some, some direction, okay? And uh, uh, he went to see this guy named Ananias, and starting in verse number 17, and, I, and Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest has sent me that thou mayest, mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Underline and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay, so, so the Lord told him to go to him, to Ananias, okay, to see him, and he would receive his sight and then be filled with the Holy Ghost. 18. And immediately there fell from his eyes, immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales. And he received sight forthwith and rose, arose, and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. But all that heard was, were amazed and said, Is not this he that destroyed them which called on this name in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent that he might bring them abound into the chief priests? In other words, they remember, don't forget, the, you know, the, the backstory here was that Saul, you know, was this quote-unquote religious zealot, and he thought that anyone that was, was following Jesus should be killed, and that was his mission in life, to do away with people that were Jesus' followers, okay? And on the road there, there uh, that's when he was in, he had the encounter with Jesus, and uh, Jesus said to him, Saul, Saul, why you know, have you persecuted me? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. You know, it is hard for thee to kick against the, the pricks. You know, and that's when he fell off the horse, and remember, he lost his sight. Then, then uh, the Lord told him to go to this guy Ananias, and Ananias was told that he was that Saul was coming to him. So now that this has happened, and he's out there preaching Jesus, the people are amazed because they're saying here in verse twenty-one, "Isn't he the one that destroyed those that followed Jesus?" You know, and that he came here for that similar intent that he might bring them bound, he would bring those Jesus followers to the chief priests. But then it says in verse twenty-two, "But Saul increased the more in strength." And confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. Proving that this is very Christ. And after that, many days were fulfilled. The Jews took counsel to kill him. But their laying await was known of Saul. And they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down by the wall in a basket. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem and essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple because of the way he was now. The disciples were afraid of him. They're very leery of him. But 27 says, But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him 
and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and, the, and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him. All right. So here we, we just see that, 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 that the, uh, Saul certainly had a change of, a change of behavior. You know? Then in 30, uh, which when the brethren knew, they brought him to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. Then had the churches, then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Amen. So we see that, that Saul had a changed behavior. And this is what can happen when God gets a hold of you, you know, when the Lord finally gets your attention and everything. And maybe God is calling out to you right now, you know, to open your eyes, to wake up to wake up. God wants to change your life. He wants to touch you in a very special way. All right? But you, you've got to believe before you can see what God has in mind for you. Amen? 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 We don't need to wait. You know, pray that you don't wait until you have a Saul experience. As we know, Saul became Paul. Uh, uh, before you have a, a Saul experience where, where, you know, you fall off this horse and you wind up being blinded, you know, because Jesus is trying to get your attention. Amen? Amen? Have faith. Let the Lord do in your life what it is that he wants to do, you know. We also see in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 9, uh, again, and we see in, in 32, and it came to pass as Peter passed throughout all quarters, now we're talking about Peter, he came down also to the saints which dwelt at Lydda, and there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ uh, maketh thee whole, rise and take thy bed, make thy bed. And he rose immediately. And all that dwelt at Lydda and, and Saron saw him and turned to the Lord and turned to the Lord. Amen. We see it goes on. Um, now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named uh, uh, Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And forasmuch as Lydda was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he, that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him unto the upper room, and all the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all forth, and kneeled down and prayed, kneeled down and prayed, kneeled down and prayed, and turning him to the body said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up, and when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord, underline, and many believed in the Lord. And it came to pass, when he tarried many days in Joppa with one Simon, a tanner. Okay? Right? So you see what happens here when God gets a hold, of, a hold of you. Jesus said, many things, the things that I do, and greater works shall you do. You know? Well, all of these things in, this, in the uh, chapter of Acts, here, the book of Acts, as you know, were written after Jesus had returned to the Father. Okay? Jesus said, go forth, the things that I do, and greater works shall you do. Okay? So do we believe that today? If you want to see miracles in your life, you want to see changes in your life, you have to believe it before you can see it. All right? 
Don't be sitting around and thinking, well, as soon as I see God doing this, or as soon as I see or realize and understand what God is doing, then I'll go forth and I'll do this and I'll receive it. No, it doesn't work that way. God is saying, believe. God, Jesus constantly asks, do you believe? Do you believe? Oh, ye of little faith. You know, you know, you know. If you believe and you say to this mountain, okay, if you believe. You see, everything in our lives, saints of God, everything in our lives uh, depends on our belief. You know, if you're getting up early, early, early every morning, praise God that you are. You're getting up early every morning and you're praying to God. And you give him your petitions, you know, and you're praising him and so forth. And you give him your petitions. And then whatever your petitions were, and then God has responded to you. Hopefully after you pray, you, send, you spend a little time listening to God. Amen. Prayer is a two-way conversation for us, you know, for us with God. Prayer is not a one-way conversation where all we do is pray to God and say, okay, thank you, Lord, up off our knees, and then we go on to work, and that's it, or whatever your day holds. You know, prayer is two-way, okay? So after you've heard back from God, and God has told you what he's going to do, he's going to bless you, he's going to give you this, he's going to give you that, do you believe? Okay, do you believe? All right? You can't leave that prayer time with God and then go out there and start your day or your week or your month or whatever when God has given you a promise saying that he's going to do something. You can't go out there saying, okay, yeah, all right, all right. Yeah, I'll believe it as soon as I get that. I'll believe it as soon as I have it in my hot little hands. You know, I'll believe it. You've got to believe before you can see. You know, you know, sometimes we may feel, you know, that God is sleeping when we need him the most. You know, now theologically, we know that God never sleeps. We know that, okay? But experientially, based on our experience, sometimes we may feel like God is asleep, but he's not. God is always there working on your behalf, working in your life, you know? When God says something, he means it, saints of God. When God says something, he means it. Even when there are interruptions or delays along the way in our lives, we have to still believe it before we can see it. You know, when God makes a promise to us, you know, we think uh, we think that th there's going to be smooth sailing all along the way. But there can be storms in our lives also. You know, God said that there will be tribulation. Jesus said that there would be tribulation in this world. But he is greater than the world. He has come to overcome the world. Amen. You know, there are tribulations or storms that come up in our lives. But again, it, it, it's believing. And then you'll see what God is doing in your life. You know, and don't forget when God has made you a promise, you know, it's already done in God's mind. In God's world, it's already happened. It's been done. It just may take some time for it to materialize here in the natural. But in the spirit realm where, where God is and where God's word cannot return to him void, it's a done deed. Okay. So when God has said to you that this is what's going to happen, you're going to receive this, then you've got to believe and then you'll see exactly what God has said will happen to you, you know. Jesus often says, you know, in that storm when the disciples were afraid of the ship, you know, and that afraid while on the ship, on the water there in the boat, and the storms rose up and Jesus spoke to that storm. He said, peace, be still. Peace, be still. And then it was a stillness. The storm stilled itself. He didn't say, in, in the scriptures, by the way, he says, oh, you, you have little faith. He didn't say they had no faith. They said that you of little faith, you know. If there's a problem in your life, don't look at the circumstances. Engulf yourself in the word. Get surrounded by the word. Get engulf yourself in the midst of Holy Spirit. 
and let Jesus minister to your faith. Get to the point where you actually start believing before you actually are seeing things, you know. If there's a problem in your life, don't look at those circumstances. I say to you again, don't look at them. Amen. Amen. Get that high powered faith out. Get that faith out and start believing. And then you will see the miraculous work of God in your life. You know, the same way Jesus relaxed and brought calm to that storm. You must relax with Jesus and let him bring peace to your storm. Amen. Amen. The same way Jesus brought peace and said, peace be still, relax in Jesus and let him bring peace to the storm that's in your life. Amen. And believe, believe that it's a done deed. Okay? It's done. And that indeed what you've prayed for, what God has promised you, indeed is going to come to pass. But you have to believe before you can actually see it. If you start believing before you see these things in your life, you see your prayers answered. You see results in your life. So don't wait to see before you believe. Don't wait, saints of God, to see before you believe. Try believing before you actually see it. Amen. And I guarantee you that you, I don't guarantee you, God guarantees you that if you start doing that, that you'll be blessed and your life will be so fulfilled in so many ways. Amen. Amen. I pray this message has been a blessing to you. Amen. And now, before we close, let us lift up the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O Lord God, we thank you for this time that we've had with you, Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus that we shall keep these words closely guarded in our spirits, that they cannot be stolen away, you know, when the issues of life rise up against us. Let us be able to recall these words, O Lord God. Let us start believing more so that we can see you at work in our lives. Heavenly Father, I pray that right now you loose the spirit of faith upon all of those that are hearing this by the sound of my voice, O Lord God. Bless them all and touch them. Speak to them even after this message is over throughout the day and throughout the week. Speak to them in your own special way. Touch them. I pray that they all come to the point that they can believe so that they can indeed see what you're doing and done in their lives. We thank you, Heavenly Father, and we praise you. In the matchless name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Praise God. Go forth this day and be blessed in the name of Jesus Christ.